Greetings, salutations, and football vibrations. This is another installment of All In with Atlas United. I am your host, as usual, Mr. Nick Maitland, football extraordinaire and journalist. And alongside me today is a special member of the backroom staff of Atlas United. And her name is Sherika Lord. She is the mental health officer. She is the person taking care of the mental health of all the players and everyone of Atlas United. So let's say a warm welcome to Miss Sherika Lord. Welcome, Sherika. Hey. Hey, guys. So for the listeners out there, um, I've come to know that there are two pronunciations of your name. Is that correct? Yes. My... My name is actually pronounced Sharika, but when mm. Bajans talk, is be the Sharika. So it's just it's just answerable. So your family members, what do they call you? Sharika. Depending Sharika, on what you're... I did, though. If you're <laughs> in trouble in here, Sharika for sure. But if not, you can just hear Sharika. Okay, so as. As Atlas is one big happy family, we'll call you Sharika, okay? Yeah. So, Sharika, first question. Um, we, we know each other a slight little bit, as all Combamarians would know each other, I guess, a slight little yeah, bit. It's got but for love. those listening, those listening to us, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you went to primary school, secondary school, after secondary school, the whole rundown. Okay, um... Well, I went to I went to St. Patrick's Primary School. It was renamed to Garden Walters when I was in third form. I'm saying third form class. I had a class three or class four. Okay. I remember. Um. When I got into, sorry, I sat the exam, passed the common mayor, and when I got into common mayor. The best school in BIM, sorry. Yes, of course. You don't have to apologize when you're talking to me, man. I was, I was just going to ask if Common Mayor was your first choice. Actually, uh, so you are, you, you, uh-huh. actually, there's a funny story as to what Yeah, I'm listening. Oh, my God. I wanted to go to Princess Margaret because Chafet was <laughs> next door. I could have just walked to Jafet after school. That's all I was thinking about. But you know, you're young and you're stupid and you're like Haluk bad and you let like you play your parts. So that was my <laughs> Wow. I am. I am kind of speechless at this. So not even foundation. Foundation, you walk down the hill, you got Jafet there. That's too much walking. That's a hill. Like, <laughs> But it's downhill. It's not even like uphill. You know that that actually Whoa. still hurt your legs, like when you when you walk down that hill, that's got you. Uh, ain't telling you so though. So, so needless to say, you are not a fan of exercise. Then. <laughs> I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't. Okay. Oh, oh wasn't. So yeah. you're a fan of exercise? No. It is good for you, <laughs> mentally and physically. So yes. Yeah, well, I believe that, but you don't sound convincing, so I, I, I not. No, because I'm sure. now gonna find the motivation to convince myself to start exercising for real, for real. Mm. So, so I, when, I so still when, in the process of convincing myself. So there's not enough motivation. So I guess that okay. So for me, when I look at my belly, sometimes I say, <laughs> "Jeez, oh, 
you need to get back out there. So so there's no there's no um let me see it. There's no target areas that you're trying to work on that give you the motivation to get out there. I definitely big quarantine and COVID nineteen. I definitely have to work out my stomach because let oh, me tell gosh. you, I eat everything in the house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the like bread, how people were, you know how people were popping and saying how people going to the supermarket every week. The bed I was eating, I understand why you got to the supermarket every week. Oh my dear! <laughs> All right, let let's let's come off of that now, yeah, because uh, we could talk about that forever. <laughs> so you wanted to go Princess Margaret, but you was too you had uh, too high marks to go to Princess Margaret, so they sent you to Combermere. <laughs> well, obviously, I wanted to go Princess Margaret, but my mother obviously would never put that first. Of course. So she put QC then Combermere. Okay, not bad. I had um, I think I had come here and then Harrison College, and my class four teacher was like, "What's this madness?" I said, "Well, I want to come here, so that's that's the vibe there." Right. Like, I didn't you know, know about Commonwealth. I didn't. Ha- I don't have. I, didn- I only have like two or three family members that went there. So, mm-hmm. and I I live all by the airport, so nothing out there really, you know. But anyhow, airport. so that's even greater reason to want to go to Foundation. I mean, Foundation. I guess QC, not QC, Princess Margaret closer to you house than Foundation. Yeah, it actually is. So you I, live like I almost like walk, on the border of St. Philip. Yeah, literally on the line of St. Philip and Christchurch. I can walk for right. six rows if I want to. Alright. And this is all because of Halu. No other reason. No other reason. <laughs> I, I won't say that I disappointed, but I, I didn't want I didn't want to kill Don't your vibes so early in the, I was young. in the conversation. I was young. Yeah, a little a little bit a little bit young and naive. <laughs> anyway, um how was the experience at Combermere for the for the you were there for five years, right? Yeah. How was the experience um in Waterford? Well, Combermere had an an amazing experience in terms of like the family culture, the togetherness. And it's like people would say Combermere is a cult, but like it is, yes, it is. Combermere mm-hmm. we is what made me love Combermere a lot more than usual. Not just because yeah. that we used to get to skip a little bit of class, but <laughs> because like the way people wreck the school and like even outside of the school when it comes to like meeting other Commonarians or talking to other Commonarians. Is like is like regardless of the generation you come in, is the same mm-hmm. respect across the board. Like just a a big set of respect for all common Marians. Like yeah, that's very true. But I have yeah continuing about my journey after. Mm-hmm. Well, but when I went in first farm, I did HFLE with Miss Phillips. Kim, Miss Jones, right? Yeah. And she's Philip Snow, right? Yeah, she's she a got Philip married. Snow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And we, the things that she was doing in terms of education about social issues and family life issues, I became intrigued by it. And I told myself mm-hmm. I wanted to become a psychologist or a probation officer or a guidance counselor. Mm-hmm. After I finished my studies at Commere, 
the reason I left Comer and didn't go to Six Farm is because one Comer was experiencing um a lot of environmental issues, so school was really happening and then I asked for law and sociology and the only mm-hmm. and they gave me sociology and lit and I was like, nah. So I went to BCC and actually got what I wanted to do, which was the law and sociology. Mm-hmm. The law and sociology okay. was actually to kill time because the law was to have a little bit of the of what's going on in Barbados in the event that I become a probation officer. And mm-hmm. the sociology just felt like the foundation for everything for me. So I quote unquote killed time until I became 18 so that I could either pursue psychology or social work. Um, the last year, the last semester of studying sociology and law, I hit a, a brick, like a, a wall. A wall? Like I, I, uh-huh. I was stuck because, I, I don't know, I, I was losing friends. I was like, like everything, like I, they, I, I felt like I was, I couldn't do anything in school. I like, it was just like this big depression that came over me. And mm-hmm. my grandmother, she introduced to me um, social work. And she told me just read the syllabus and see if it's something that I would like, because the way it's taught, she know that this would be a, career that I would fall in love with and so said so then um so I switched my degree to social work I was kind of like depressed also because that you know you know people made a lot of jokes about people staying into school for so long and I was just there like Hey, I don't know. Time to get your life started. Like, money yeah, like everybody's, things. all my friends gone to UE and I just hear stuck at this school mm-hmm. with people younger than me and like, I feel like I ain't going nowhere, but I, but what I can't remind myself is that everybody's pro- pro- process is different. Everybody's, Indeed. everybody can go different directions and it's okay to not know what you want us at the beginning I should say because mm-hmm. it would be it would have been awful if I did go and study something that I didn't want to study and I continued that there for the rest of my life and I unhappy and in the situation but something that I really didn't care about so always right. I, I'm grateful that I took those three years to do what I had to do mm-hmm that's quite good. Um, so, no, let's get straight to this part now. Um, this part intrigues me a lot. Not really the mental health aspect, but the social work aspect. I know a few social workers. Um, some were a couple of years ahead of me at Combermere. Some, um, when I was doing my degree in psychology and sociology, I did a couple of courses with some. And social work in itself always appealed to me because I always thought that I was involved with social work yeah. because as a member of the church, you know, sometimes the church would do these outreach things yeah. and even in my neighborhood per se, I would be part of 
um, community projects and all these things. I never really thought of it as social work. Honestly, and maybe it isn't. It is. Honestly. But I want you to give me, give me, right, give me a definition or, or tell me what really is social work and how important is it? Social work. Social work doesn't have a set definition, but social work is. I like to put things in examples. So social work would be things like the same community outreaches, um, trying to save the environment. Um, These are just a bit of community projects that you will find social workers in. They also have Mm -hmm. an effect on policy change, uh, social policy changes and Social work is trying to enhance the social well-being of the population that you live in, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, whether it's, as I said earlier, the community outreaches, school outreaches, um, programs that actually enhance other people's skills, like, a lot of things you would see people doing like I guess program operators or all the different names all mm-hmm. that plays a part in social work okay so at a time like this you know with coronavirus and um, you know people losing their jobs people need money people need groceries people need to have some hope of living um, where would a community, I, I can think that a social worker would come in, like, you know, to get food for families, yes, yes. at-risk families, etc. Yes, yes. But where would a, where else would a social worker come in uh, at a time like this? Well, there's, well, with COVID-19, let me start with the the food banks for sure mm-hmm. and social workers also like work with families and in terms of like providing a better or a safer environment for families to thrive in so mm-hmm. whether it is because one of the things that social workers would do is House checkups. I I call it the wrong name. Mm-hmm. The name I'm coming to me right now, but mm-hmm. you will find social workers doing these checkups to see what's going on. Especially if this is a client that they have, um, you will find them doing like checkups to see what's going on in the family, how they're coping, and uh, what do they need. Social workers also tend to link people with resources so not right. just food banks and stuff but like for instance say you are experiencing a situation where like you sexual health social workers could link you with somebody that actually can help you um like say mm-hmm. you experience like for a, a, a perfect example right now would be you suffering from a non-communicable disease and you right. gotta go you can't go like say you live at home but you, you live alone and you don't have nobody to go to the supermarket for you 
and like social workers would actually try to like seek out a way to actually like you know combat you having to go into the public to you know put yourself at risk and and jeopardize your health so that would that would be an example mm -hmm. okay um so i I know that your your area of expertise would be um, mental health and educating persons and talking to persons about um, safeguarding their mental health, uh, building up their mental health, and all of these things. Um, I have this theory that mental health is kind of connected to social media and. Of course, we, we follow each other on, on maybe a couple of social media platforms. What do you think is the impact of social media on mental health? And how would a social worker then um, put themselves in there to kind of help people with this whole social media and mental health thing? Social media could be a make or break in terms of your mental health. Like, mom minute is, it could be very good, especially if you are a person who puts yourself out there, right? When you put yourself out there on social media, you have, you always have the risk of negativity as well as positivity, but you always have right. that risk of something negative being said or something constructive being said that could be misconstrued as negative and mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain it <laughs> there's a lot of I would not say there's a lot of but let me give you, let me give you some more clarity on what mm -hmm. I mean I find that sometimes if I am not in a good mood about something and I come on social media and see somebody tweeting some foolishness or see somebody, like, okay, if I come on social media after I had a depressing day, after a lot happened to me, and I see somebody kind of like letting everybody know how great their life is, I, I might feel a way towards that person. I might feel anger. I might feel annoyance. So I find that social media has a, dictates a lot of how I feel. And I know that it's not just myself, but others. Social media can dictate how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about others. Why is social media so, such a I've, such a, a powerful thing for your Because you're seeing everything. So, like, okay, so I, I think I get where you're going. For example, all right, mm. me and some people... Say the people in my in my class, say the people in my year, we be practically left school together, same CXDs. And when you on when I go on social media, you can see some of them have their own businesses, some of them have their own mm -hmm. kids, and you yourself, you're just oh. here, still trying to figure out life. <laughs> but you can see the good happening for everybody else. And then you start that bad habit of comparing yourself to other people. 
and that yes. does mm-hmm. sink your ship because like it's the same thing I said earlier. When you when you start to like look at other people's successes and not your own, then you you will always be mixed up. Your progress is actually different. It will look a lot different from other people. And that's actually be a very hard concept to grasp. It's very easy to say, but it's a lot it's very hard to grasp because sometimes it it sometimes people use that as a fuel to do better, but that fuel does end up burning right. out at some point. Mm-hmm. So even if people see others on social media and it looks as though this person's life is better than yours or whatever, how do you get people to understand? And this is not just a mental health question or uh, a social worker question. This is, this is just a normal, basic human question. How do you get people to understand that everybody's journey is different? Everybody's path is different. Everybody is different and don't compare yourself but just keep focused on your own journey how how do you get people to understand that or even yourself how do you get yourself to understand it's not social media is not real i'm on my own journey i'm on my own Uh, right as i said i is is something that you have to constantly be reminded about because if you are because it's it's really hard, especially when you are down, that you actually feel down. It's mm-hmm. hard to not look. Sorry, it's hard to not look at other people and be like, "Why, why not me? Like, why this can't happen for me?" Like, it's actually very hard. But sometimes, like for example, say I'm feeling like that, and I go on social media because, as I tell you, social media got a double-edged sword. Like, it's a good and a bad. I go on social media and I see this quote mm-hmm. that says, you know hey you are for the person who's reading this um don't put too much like don't put too much pressure on yourself just remember that everything gonna work out and sometimes like that little pop-up reminder like just an inspirational quote that you see on social media could actually shift your mood and look in a in a different perspective so that's kind of why right. it is like follow sometimes a lot of inspirational pages to like because some days you might be feeling so down and then you just see something that you could relate to and then you realize how much other people could relate to it as well and then you know from there you start to feel like a little bit more better and like if you could take on the task Social media mm-hmm. also got good parts. It's fun. Sometimes you will be in a bad mood and you will go and open up Twitter or IG and you can see something that's very funny that, you know, could shift your whole mood, right? So right. that's what I mean. There's the good and the bad. And also people who have been, who have who actually made it to, like, in terms of having their own jobs and, sorry, having their own businesses and, basically look as though they have their lives together when they start to tell their stories sometimes it also inspires you because then it's like you know i was telling myself all this time that you know this but you just you know <laughs> swing through life like stumble just, upon just this thing yeah. butt up on this life but they have struggles too 
So sometimes it's, mm-hmm. it's important to realize, you know, well, I am different from another person, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's very good. That's a great insight into the whole social media thing because there's some days that social media is don't really piss it's me true. off because... I just be like, oh, oh I just don't be able to see Let people's me tell you, life. Whenever rape topics is a topic on social media, my head does just be like, oh my god, the ignorance. I can't do this. Like, <laughs> I just get so upset because then people just try to be idiots for no reason. And then people just actually be mm-hmm. serious about the idiocy. And then it's be like, shh, like, this is real. This is real life. <laughs> tell me, tell me about, tell me about that. Tell me about the whole, um, like having this conversation about this topic on social media, and in, in, especially because the victims of that particular thing, their mental health, I can only assume, is down in the gutter. So, so when you have conversations like this on social media, how does one be? How does one be sensitive enough to the to the material or to the topic that we're speaking about? I how how not how not to be an idiot about first of rape. the first and foremost thing. Do not look at a victim who has just shared their story and tell them you coulda do this, you shoulda do that. Or da 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 like mm. trust and believe they are already beating up themselves for these could've, should'ves and would'ves. You are adding to the fire when right. you do that. So I I understand what men say when they say women should protect themselves. I believe all women should protect themselves. I'm not saying to like you know just go and do like go walking on the street a dark street by yourself like carry somebody with you because you want to prevent something else from something bad from happening i understand that but mm-hmm. don't look at somebody who has actually been through the issue already you know they've actually it it done happen then nothing else you could do to change that what happened and try to make them feel worse for the decision that they made because sometimes a lot of them make mistakes that lead to their downfall but the, mm-hmm. the the reason that we try to push the message that, you know, no means no and it's not your fault that it happened is because of sensitivity. <laughs> and they, yeah. so when you, when you very, don't understand the thought process of a person who has just been sexually abused, when you actually sit down and study it, you have to maneuver around it, but social media just try to be intensive, so you know. So, we, we explore the link between social media and mental health, and then when we go on to talk about issues and just the certain things that happen on social media that may affect your mental health. So you have to be aware when you're going on social media and you have to always have that mindset that everybody's journey is different. And especially with that sensitive topic, you have to 
avoid blaming people for being in that situation because the same way how um, you may have someone who is not as financially blessed as you are, it's not their fault that they're in the situation. And even if it's their fault that they're in the situation, whether it's poverty, whether it's a gambling addiction, a drug addiction, whatever, is not anyone's place to be rude or to be mean to that person because we're all on our individual journeys and we're all on we're all different so we have to be very compassionate and i think that's the number one job of a social worker is compassion and in a word or in a sense love i want no i want to finish before you finish Hmm? i I just wanted to add Mm -hmm. in terms of mental health and social media block mute or follow those are three beautiful (laughs) things that save and preserve your peace and your mental health. If you see something you don't like, you could either address it and prepare for people to respond, or you could ignore it and preserve your peace. A lot of the times Mm -hmm. we tell ourselves that we have to stay glued to, you know, the negativity, but you really don't, you don't have to take the negativity. Block, mute, follow, whatever you need to do, I remove that mm-hmm. negativity in, from your life. There's also, I was also going to say something else. When you, there's some time, there's some times where you would be in a bad mood and you would come on social media and then you will see something that would make you in a worst mood. And then mm-hmm. you just start to spiral on social media. It's real important that when you feel like you're about to spiral, step back, take a break from social media, go outside, let you in, blow through your hair, go to the beach, go work, do something <laughs> other than go on social media. So that you know, mm-hmm. you don't. You know? I yeah. I mean, I'm totally because agreement, uh, sometimes you might, you might be telling yourself, "All right, I'm gonna stay for social media. I'm gonna write and I'm gonna let how I feel." And then insensitive idiots around the place come and taunt you, and you you stand there, you try to fight everybody. Rather than just taking that moment to yourself, leaving the idiots out, you know, meditating until mm-hmm. you're back to your regular self and then come back and go again. Mm. 100%. <laughs> Meditation. All, all the rascals <laughs> talk about it. I'm not sure if you mean the same not meditation that. as them, but got, meditation in general. <laughs> meditation in general. Yeah, but of course, meditation in general is is a very uh, healthy practice. Another healthy practice is yes. exercise. And I've, I've heard about experiences in the past, including my own life, where people have experienced... Um, let me, let me put this. Let me put this in a in a very professional way. People have experienced relationship trauma, males and females, and that takes a toll on your mental health: depression, anxiety, anger. Um, 
tell me about the link, if there's any, between good mental health and good physical health. Um, there, there is, there is, um, like, okay, so sports like boxing, football, um, let me see, taekwondo, all the different physical health sports or exercises, they tend to like alleviate some of the um, pressures, I should say, that you will have or that you would experience emotionally. So, yes, I would say that there is that link. Indeed. So, so me now, in my situation where um, <laughs> Paula gone and left me, um, I, I started working out and, you know, just taking care of myself a little better, paying Self-care more attention to myself. Self-care is actually really, can... really, really good yeah. for the mental health. And physical health yeah. also falls under self-care, so... Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so I wouldn't normally do the face mask and <laughs> cucumber over my eyes, but um, I would try to, you know, sweat, get a sweat, get a workout, and try to, you know, feel yeah. vibrant, feel alive, and that would that would significantly increase uh, yes, increase can. my good mood. Um, so, so there, there's some link there between uh, physical health actually, and mental health for sure. So um, I think it, I have actually been talking mm-hmm. to some people about how they have been coping with COVID nineteen, and a lot of them mentioned that they started exercising, and that has kind of taken their mm-hmm. minds off of a lot. So it it is mm. working. Physical health actually works. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that for people, so, so maybe the first step or one of the first steps one can take to alleviate depression and anxiety is physical activity. Involve yourself I wouldn't, in physical activity, I wouldn't, get your heart rate up. I, do, I just want to correct strength. you there. Um, mm-hmm. Instead of saying depression, because I, I, I just get real... A lot of people don't understand the difference between like mental health and emotional health, right? Like mental health disorders versus emotional health. So like emotional health got a lot more to do with things like expressing your emotions that are right from from a situation that you would have experienced. So that would be like, so Mm. say you, you got broken up with, you feel disappointed, you feel depressed well i won't say depressed but you feel sad you feel hurt you feel all these different kinds of emotions but it would not necessarily say that you are suffering from depression right so that's why it's got to be very careful with Mm -hmm. your mental health terms because people tend to assume that poor emotional health is the same thing as having poor mental health and that's mm. a key thing you had to highlight. Mental health would be like mm-hmm. it got a lot. It got a lot more to do with like processing processing information 
and like understanding information um like you could mm-hmm. you could experience a mental health issue while making well maintaining like good emotional health or, or vice versa which is what I was explaining earlier so that like, you could have right. good emotion or you could have poor emotional health but a good mental health right so mm-hmm. it's basically your ability to like reason through decisions and like maintain a steady or focused attention span is mental health is a lot deeper than emotional health mm-hmm. well you just introduced me to a new term and i'm sure this is one of the reasons why you have joined up with atlas and why uh coach craig and all the others have brought you on board because you explained this thing very well um i did not know about emotional health even after four years at UB <laughs> studying psychology um I, I waste a lot of time out there though but <laughs> emotional health is something i think we should speak about even more even though we talk about mental health that emotional health side of it um knowing how to process your emotions and and express them as well i think that that is equally important because we all lump it into mental health but there are different compartments that we all should um right so like mental health would be things like Um, clinical depression uh, anxiety disorder bipolar disorder dementia adhd schizophrenia ocd autism and ptsd as well so like those are actual like diagnosed mental health issues well emotional health now would be like feeling sad or like normal reactions to certain situations so like for instance you got something to prepare you got to you got to go and speak in front of this big crowd and you don't really like speaking in front of crowds and you just feel anxious before you have to go and do it that's a normal reaction that's a normal part of your emotional health so you would do some exercises or meditation or breathe in breathe out and you try to do something to alleviate the anxiety you're experiencing in the moment this is this is all new and interesting information and I can listen to you talk all It's night, almost but, total isolation, um, so don't I don't, I don't want to take it. <laughs> oh, lost. No, 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 all the listeners know what we're doing when we're done. Jeez, oh. Should I keep that a secret, man? All right, before, before we go and totally isolate, tell us about your link with Atlas United because we talk about the social media. We talk about the physical health, the emotional health, and football is all of those different aspects. Football is social media and watching it on TV and all these things, all the emotion that comes with that. Then social media, sorry, then Atlas United is a football club, so there's the physical aspect of it, and is the physical aspect impacting the footballers for good or for bad, whatever. So there's so much in that. So tell us about how you joined up with Atlas? Me and, me and Craig was friends for, for like a couple of years now, and Craig always, Craig was always interested in helping people. Um, 
and he was mm-hmm. also very interested in football. So he actually combined his love for football and helping people in one. And that's that's one of the things that we could have relate to mm-hmm. as a friend. Um, always wanting to help people. So when he pitched the idea to me, he said, "Yo, Sharia got this idea. I want to start a football club, and you know, I want to bring you on board because I know that you love helping people. Like I know you would do, you know, really good in this arena. And yeah, yeah. So far." COVID-19 has messed up a lot of things, but like we had a set plan for 2020 uh, where we would have done. So, so far we have done a podcast on mental health. We actually got the boys to express to um, the listeners of this podcast by the name of Time to Vent. Um, They actually express what Mm -hmm. they do, you know, to uh, like alleviate life stresses or and some of the issues that they as males would deal with because you know we always focus on you will more see women speaking about women issues but men do not often open up and like share to the world like those kind of things and we actually had a group of the males and they got to talk about it and some of the responses to it, a lot of the, a lot of older guys were commenting and they actually enjoyed it and was happy to see that, you know, men are finally being able to, our men are finally having the voice to speak up and talk about certain issues. And that's one of the things that I really wanted right. to do. I wanted to get them to do more podcasts, with, sorry, more podcasts with different are different viewers, different demographic, because you know each podcast got a different um, listener, listening listeners. What is call them? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Uh, right. See, like, Audience. That word, there, that word was there beating me, beating yeah. me. They're beating right. about. So everybody got a different kind of audience. And I wanted to get at each and every one of them. Yeah with the in terms of getting males to talk about their feelings and the second something else we wanted to plan was beach cleanups um as much as mental health is important your environment the environment in which you live is also just as important we have a lot of things threatening our environment like global warming climate change the whole works of it and then with the pollution and to prevent that cleanups could help cleaning up especially the beach because they just forget the reduce reuse recycle jingle so <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> uh, and then also with the seaweed the sargasm wow. seaweed so i was we was mm-hmm. actually looking at that another aspect uh, we wanted to take the boys to is reaching out to children, um, children in need, and also secondary school children. So what we wanted to do with the children in need would be the children home. We wanted to have like both an Easter picnic and a Christmas party. 
to post at a children's home and you know just let them see mm-hmm. what atlas is about one especially the males and also let young people see that just let young people see the mission and let people yeah young people become a lot more um educated about mental health and different social issues because mental health is not the only there are other factors that play a part so whether it's like poverty um abuse or um drugs and crime and juvenile delinquency those kind of things um be trying to combat and trying to be mentors specifically to these young people also reminding people that mentors are not perfect they have you know their own faults and flaws and Mm -hmm. stuff but the aim is is to be better than who they were before. So then pushing to do better and making sure that the children that are looking up to them could do better as well. So that's like the I would say that's like the overall goal of that. We have any other things we wanted to do? Mm-hmm. Um, there was something else we wanted to do, but. Oh, there's one. There's another project that we want to do, but I can't really talk about it yet because I want to see it come to fruit first before we talk about it. Yeah. Mhm. No problem. No problem. But um, it sounds it sounds that you have your hands full with a lot of activities for the guys at Atlas, and certainly your brain is full with so much things to talk about and for people to know. Certainly, I've I feel more educated after our conversation because. Uh, the whole emotional health thing and how we were just piling everything into one. So definitely I can come away from this conversation having learned more about myself and about mental health in that regard. Uh, And here's hoping that our listeners have a greater understanding and a greater grasp of mental health and how important it is. And I must love you for the work that you are planning to do and the work that you have already done with Atlas United, because Atlas is a progressive club and a club that is really a club that is really going places. And certainly you need a good anchor, you need a good base, a good foundation on which to thrive. And I think good mental health, good emotional health, and good physical health is one of those platforms on which to thrive. So Sharika, Sharika Lords, thank you very much for your time this evening. Um, you've given us a whole lot more than we anticipated so thank you so much for your time and this yeah. will not be the last time we speak because with all the developments and all the uh, different changes in our world we need to check in with our mental health officers so I can imagine now that our conversations on this podcast all in with Atlas United will be like a therapy session for our players, audience yeah. and for the players so you are you, you are officially the mental <laughs> health officer slash therapist uh, of Atlas United. I give you that title. I, I baptize you with that title, okay? So you are the mental health officer as well as the therapist. So we will check in with you for another therapy session very soon. But tonight, I think that we have a lot of fruit to think about, a lot of fruit for thought. So 
we will definitely be yep. in touch soon. Party party game, party game, party. Party. <laughs> Listen, I hope reggae you can hear a lot of reggae music in this so thing, you know. Calm and grounded. I don't know how people don't like it. Like that's just got me like ah. Jeez, most of the people that don't like reggae miserable, so there's that. <laughs> you know how how you can listen like Reggae music is the people music. Is somebody even sent me something the other day saying that reggae yeah. music is something and spiritual? It's not saying that you just listen to and like. To about you feel it's it inside you. It's capture all of the issues in society in a song, and it's be like, I mean, yes, rap does that and stuff, but it does hit. It does feel a lot more different in a West Indian context when it's reggae. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. So who's who's your reggae music? I, you like I like Jackier a lot. Uh, Taras. Ah, uh, the I cure. Okay. Almost every day. Um, who else? I like Sizzler real bad. I like him real bad. Mm, Kalonji. Um, I like Richie Spice. Okay. I like a whole side of them, like, sometimes I don't even know the name of the song, but I just party and hard because I know it. I just know it. I know the words. Mm. And I just in love, like, I listen to a lot of reggae promos, too, so. Yeah. It's the vibe, man. It's just a different vibe. So the next episode, we can talk about <laughs> the link between good and music. reggae music. Oh, that song. In- that sound hard. Yeah, we can talk yeah. music in general, so we don't seem biased to reggae music. But we we can explore that link for sure. Uh, yeah. The on the next therapy session, okay, Miss Lord. This has been another installment of All In with Atlas United. Thanks very much to my uh, lovely guest, Sherika Sharika Lord. Uh, the girl that <laughs> wanted to go to Princess Margaret because it's right next to Shafet. and uh, but now she has learned from her. Juvenile mistakes. I know she is our therapist, keeping us in check, keeping our emotional and mental health in check. So we thank her for her time. Just and stay safe during COVID nineteen. A lot of the um restrictions have been relaxed, and just don't forget to social distance because we still got five cases of people who they have not traced. And we don't want a spike like other countries because Barbados can't handle that. We have a lot of people with NCDs. So just remember to social distance, like to have your fun. I I know for a fact that I'm going to have mine, but still social distance. Yes, still social distance. So try to, you know, not have to be too close up under people mm-hmm. to, to reduce the spread of this virus. 100%. And I, I could think of no better words than to end this conversation. So I've been your host, King Roots the Roots King, the number one <laughs> Roots man alongside the Roots Queen, Miss Sherika Lord. And we will be back soon for another therapy session. But until then, bye bye.